welcome to ESC Pulse, the podcast that beats into the heart of Eurovision. My name's Kylie, hello, hi, and um, yeah, it's been a while, and um, yeah, we'll be dipping our toes a little bit into some uh, slightly um, Dutch Eurovision history, and uh, as always, joining me... Uh, ahoy, hoy. Hoy, hoy. <laughs> My name is John, and um, if if you didn't get that joke, you're probably listening to the wrong podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, joining us for this podcast was our special friend. It's a regular of the podcast. I don't think she needs much of an introduction at this point. It's Anne from ESC Armchair. Hello. Hello. It's great to be back. Yay. So, hello and welcome everyone. This is our retro review of the Eurovision Song Contest of 1980, which was held in The Hague, or Den Haag, in in the Netherlands. And um, if you're wondering why we're covering this particular year, you've got John to blame for that. So, um, explain yourself. (laughs) Blame? Thank you. I'm joking, I'm joking. Uh, So, (laughs) why did you pick this year? Well, it's got certain similarities with um, ne- with the next Eurovision that's coming up. Um, I mean, it was it was in the Hague, and the next one's in Rotterdam, of course, um, just down the road. Um, it um, happened in the Netherlands just after the Eurovision that happened in Israel, um, just like this one, um, and it's a really interesting and fun year and really odd in so many ways which we'll get into <laughs> oh, it is yeah what do you what do you think of the 1980 contest dan oh i just i just think this this contest is so much fun Yes. It's kind of the the whole presentation of it is so unique. There is literally no other contest like it. Yeah. With all the kind of visual props and tropes and weirdness going on. It's just and some of the songs are just so fun and it's quite a jolly contest. Yeah. Actually. It's quite an upbeat one. Um, so yeah, I do actually really love this contest. It's going to yeah. be fun to review. Yeah, I d- definitely think so. We've definitely got quite, quite a lot to discuss. Um, I do think it's quite a, quite a solid year, I think. Um, uh, there's definitely quite a few classics that everyone remembers, which we'll eventually get to. And I don't think there's many outright bad songs i mean spoiler alert the lowest score yeah. i'm gonna give in this year is a two and um you know if your lowest score for oh. me is a two you're, yeah. that's pretty good going <laughs> yeah okay hmm. so um interesting oh. sorry so you go on Interestingly, it's a contest that almost never happened. Yeah, I'm just about mm. to get into that because um, oh. <laughs> a bit of history for you guys. Um, uh, in summary, if you guys 
if you younger fans thought the whole mess with um, Ukraine trying to pick their host city was a mess, that got nothing on 1980. Okay, so um, I'm going to try and summarise this as best as I can. So, okay, so as we all know, um, the previous year, 1979, was hosted in Israel, and um, Israel won on home soil, but um, the Israeli broadcaster didn't have enough money to host a second contest. In fact, they only barely scraped enough to host the first one. Um, so, so the EBU turned to Spain because they were the runner-up, but they refused to host. They then went to France. They were third, and they refused. Then they went to the UK, their usual backup choice, and they refused as well for some reason. And they worked their way down through the other countries and eventually they managed to get the Netherlands on board to host it because they was like, oh, we still got the props from the last time we hosted it in 1976. We could just recycle that. And and on top of all that, because the process of finding a host city was so drawn out and troublesome, um, when they finally got a date sorted out, it turned out to be on the Israeli Day of Remembrance, which um, if you know Eurovision history, you know that um, Israel tend to pull out whenever the the contest was held on that day. And... Um, and to this day, they still try to avoid um, having the show on that day because, you know, Israel takes that holiday super, super seriously. So, yeah, Israel became the first defending champion to not come back the following year. So, there you go. Yeah, it's at and this point... I... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's at this point I, I start to wonder... At some point, yeah, I kind of think, oh, do you know what we need at this point? We need Malta. They would have come in and hosted. <laughs> they were desperate to host. <laughs> if only they'd have been in in 1979, they might have had a chance to have hosted it in 1980. Oh, God no. And their tiny hall was the perfect size back then. <laughs> yeah, it would have been the right size. I know. <laughs> yeah. oh, they missed their chance. Oh, wow. <laughs> and it's funny because the Netherlands um, agreed to host it on the um, condition that they could do it on the cheap. Yeah. So, yeah. And you can you can definitely tell. I mean, it's it's not a bad contest by any means. It's very well produced. But, um, for, for instance, part of the night, the introduction, Introduction film um, takes um, copies and pastes bits of the introduction film from 1976. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> and um, it, they use the they, they use the same set builder, um, and you know, no postcards. But you know, all all yeah. done as cheaply as possible. Yeah, but it's it's. It's funny, it was cheap in some ways, but ex- extravagant in others, I found. Because te- technically, they, did, they didn't just have one presenter, they had about 20. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh, that's so funny. Honestly, yeah, but... that is so funny. 
<laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just something fight... that no one's no one has ever done that before or since. <laughs> or again. <laughs> Uh, just to explain it for people, basically, instead of having proper postcards, what they did was they got random famous people from all the participating countries <laughs> to introduce the entry on stage. Oh. And what made me laugh yes. was when yes. I was um, re-watching the contest the other day is that the UK spokesperson was no freaking Edmonds. <laughs> Oh, oh, God. Was nobody else available that night? (laughs) (laughs) He'll do anything, Edmunds. (laughs) Okay, any other tidbits on uh, the 1980 contest that um, I might have missed? Yeah, that you can't go any further than talking about phones yes (laughs) oh my god i just kind of think if this had been in like i can imagine that the when when the contests were held in finland they missed a trick because they could have had different types of nokia (laughs) and it's just the most hilarious thing it's just oh my goodness if you didn't laugh you'd cry it's just whoever thought of that was an absolute genius. It it was it was genius calling up every jury on a different prop phone. Um, yeah. And I, the, the, the best the... one. Go on. Go on, you finish. Well, the best one. You're, you're probably going to mention it, but the best one was when they called up the UK jury on a Mickey Mouse phone. <laughs> <laughs> Insert zero oh, topical jokes here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's before we get on to the actual musical content. I know. Because <laughs> there's it's so just, much, oh. there's so much to talk about here. We'll get into it. Oh yeah, but yeah. Every every single country seemed to go for a themed song for some reason. Yeah. Mm. You've got a, a song about cinema, you've got a song about theatre, you've got a song about classical music, you've got a song about penguins, you've got a song about hitchhiking, <laughs> you've got a song about petrol, you've got a, you've got a protest <laughs> song about against a hydroelectric plant, and you've got a song about Amsterdam, and you've even got a song about Eurovision itself. <laughs> and Johnny Logan. <laughs> Oh, oh! I just realised I for my intro I could have done a joke about distant nineteen eighty. <laughs> the year Johnny Logan. Well, you could do, you could you could do it and then edit it in. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> um. Yeah. Uh, okay, let me try and read this. Okay. Um. Welcome to UC Pulse Pulse My name's Kylie. Hello, hi. And uh, if Anne-Marie from Latvia is listening, uh, I'm pretty sure she'll be happy to um, hear the contest that we'll be reviewing today. There you go. <laughs> well done. Okay, so um, uh, shall we move on now? Yeah. Okay, so um, let's go over the rules. Um, so... Um, 
basically we're going to go through all of the songs. Well, we're going to go through the first nine of the songs today, so uh, up until Switzerland. And uh, we're going to play clips of the songs. We're going to discuss what we like or don't like about each of the songs. And then we're going to give them each a score between zero and five, zero for the worst and five for the best. And uh, the public also gets a score between zero and five. So, um, okay, so... um. If you're new to this, of course, we start our retro reviews by playing like a mini mix of five songs that were popular throughout um, Europe in that year, just to kind of put us into the mindset of uh, that year in time, just to help warm us up a little bit. And of course, we have a little discussion about our favourite non-Eurovision songs of the year, because we're like that. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) so um, here's 1980. I want to take songs were that was lip sync with funky town barbara streisand with woman in love diana ross with upside down abba with the winner takes it all and pink floyd another brick in the wall part two so what do we think about all that we don't need no education (laughs) (laughs) oh some tunes in there tunes in there yeah absolutely yeah, um, I mean, um, the stereotype um, about um, 1980 in music is kind of like this weird dead zone between the death of disco and the start of um, New Wave, but uh, th- there are also, looking at this list on Wikipedia, there are a few gems on there, I think. Yeah, and I then mean... there's the St. Winifred School Choir. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, we love you. Oh, God. Oh, goodness. <clears throat> oh. Funny yeah. you mentioned disco because um, there's D I S C O. Oh, yes. Anyone My favourite song of the year was probably Xanadu. Yeah! Yes! Love that. By Living Newton. By Olivia yeah. Newton-John, there's a little little Eurovision um, yeah. connection there. There's actually a lot of Eurovision alumni around in 1980 because I I saw on the German charts Genghis Khan had a song called Rom, obviously about <laughs> Rome. 
I don't, uh, I've never actually even heard it, but I, I it probably sounds like all the others. <laughs> I, I didn't think they had a third song. I only know Genghis Khan and <laughs> Moscow. Yeah, I know. But, it, but if you look on the 1980 uh, Yaris charts on the, the German website, it's actually on there. Oh. So, yeah. Uh, the, the one thing I did find is that I think because music it, at that time was harder to come by, hmm. you'd find some songs that were released in one country in, like, 79, but not be released in another country until, like, 1980. Oh, so yes. on a lot of, um, Yeah, so, for example, one song that came up quite a lot in some of the year charts was one of my favourite songs, which also has a slight Eurovision connection, which is Sheila B. Devotion's Spacer, which many people will know as uh, um, Crying at the Discotheque oh! by, um, by Alcazar. Yeah! In some places that was released in 79, but in a lot of places it was still in the year charts in 1980. Wow. Um, I love that song. Oh, I need to look that up because I love crying in a discotheque. <laughs> yes, oh, I mean it's it's very different to crying at the discotheque, but in a way, it's got its own little thing going on. But you would never have had crying at the discotheque if that hadn't have come first. Hey, the more yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, I've got. I've, I'm looking at the uh, Belgian end of year list. Um, cool. There's a couple of other there's a couple of other Eurovision names on there. Um, Maywood from Netherlands 1990. Yes! They had a big hit with a song called Late at Night. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's some other great songs on this list. Uh, Brass in Pocket Pretenders. Oh. Um, oh. Uh, Blondie Atomic. Oh, that's a tune. Yeah. Yes. And uh, you can take that look off your face. I can see through your smile. You oh, were yes. Right. I bet you didn't sleep well last night. Couldn't wait to bring all of that bad news to my door. Well, I've got news for you. <laughs> I knew this ball! Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh. Okay. Um, let me go through some of the songs from this year that I like. Um, uh uh, got some. Um, let me just. Um... Oh, apparently, uh, "Going Underground" by the Jam was number one that year in the UK. That's a good song. Mm. Um. Also got "Gino" by Dexy's Midnight Runners. Yes. That's a tune. And um, oh, there, there was another Jam uh, num- UK number one. That's probably my favourite Jam so- song. It's "Start." All oh, right. And um, oh, cool. oh, and also "Ashes to Ashes" by David yes! Bowie. <laughs> oh, I love that song. Yeah, that's um, amazing. Yeah, and um, uh, just going through it. Oh, one of my favorite songs of all time, and one of the best songs ever. Period. Uh, "Love Will Tear Us Apart" by Joy Division as well. Yes, and um, uh, just going through this. Oh, um. Uh, it says here that Back in Black by ACDC was released this oh, year. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, oh, makes you feel old. <laughs> oh, God. And also Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Oh. It wasn't just disco, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a lot out there for the metalheads. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, oh, this one's more of an American hit, but it's one I quite like. Is a Refugee by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I like that song. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, also, uh, Can You Feel It by the Jacksons. <laughs> oh yeah, nice. And oh, I'm, I'm in romancing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and also um, Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. That's a cheap. <gasps> oh, wow. Oh, you've got, to oh. Che- you've got to check out the Kermit the Frog version of that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And the best Christmas song of all time was released this year, which was Jonah Louie's Stop the Cavalry. Oh, yeah, that's a nice that song. Any other songs that anyone wants to bring out? Bring up? I'm just uh, scrolling through this to see if I've missed any big ones. Uh, um, hmm. Bum, bum, bum. Da-dum, dum, 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 dum. Oh, oh, another one bites the dust. That was released this year. Oh, and also apparently Ant Music by Adam and the Ants was released this year. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Adam Ant. He was oh, he was so brilliant. He was so cool. Yeah, my late brother-in-law was a massive Adam Ant fan, so I I, I was obliged to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I think. Um. Uh, unless you've got some other songs, I think we can move on to the actual songs now. <laughs> oh wait a minute! Oh wait a minute! Wait a minute! Yeah, let's, gonna... let's let's move on to the real music. Oh wait a minute! I got a, I got a... <laughs> I just saw a couple more songs. I swear this will be the last ones. Okay, we got okay. Celebration by Cool and the Gang. Celebration. And uh, also we've got um, Cars by Gary Newman. <gasps> oh, yes. I'm not quite sure if... Um, I'm not quite sure if our friends electric was also released that year. I can't see it on this list, but it must have been around that time. But you know, I think both... that might have been seventy nine because ah, that okay. was part of the Tubeway Army, and then he went solo. Ah, I see. So that might have been the year before. Uh, there we go. Okay, so now we can get started <laughs> with the actual nineteen eighty Eurovision Song Contest. Okay, so uh, first up. Austria. L'Autriche. This is Blue Danube with Du Beast Musik, which means you are music. It's nice to start off a contest about music with a song about music. Yeah. <laughs> if you got that in the lyrics, just in case you didn't get it about music, just in case they didn't repeat it enough. You don't have to um, be a linguist. 
Yeah, I know. No. I know. How to get round the language rule by using people's names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like instead of using because a lot of Eurovision songs seem to have like places in them. Yeah. But this one goes down the names route. Um, I did actually think if I had time, I'd rewrite this song, but put Eurovision composers in instead. <laughs> yes. so I did. I did have a start, but then it was too hard, and I gave up. <laughs> so I've got Dubis Symphonics Vela Deb Yuksimovich Dubis Vela Kirkorov Angie song. That's as far as I got. I just. I did. I did think it, if if we could go back to Vienna, this is what that, that's what they should have done. Yes, <laughs> like the piece they could have done, rewrote it, but with Eurovision names in it. Yeah, <laughs> that would be really really good. Um, but I, I I quite like this as an opening number. It's it's quite a nice, safe, cheesy number. It's it's you know easy to listen to. It's not extremely uh, exciting, uh, but it does have Marty Brem in it, <laughs> and I love I love Marty Brem's song the next year, so I have to give them a little bit of leeway just for that. Um, so I, th- I think it's okay. It's a nice opening number. Nothing very special. Yeah. Um. I, I've definitely got a soft spot for this song. It's like, I mean, as you say, it is cheesy, and the lyrics are, especially in the chorus, are super simplistic. Like, my German is barely even basic level, and it, even I didn't need to go on to net <laughs> to look at the translation to understand what the chorus was. I mean, it's just basically, you are music, you're my melody, you're my symphony, you're my harmony and stuff like that. But oh, it's just so catchy. I just can't help but enjoy it. <laughs> Not quite catcher in the way, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, to to give you some context, the week before Eurovision, the jam were at number one. We're going underground. Um, <laughs> and then if you if you listen to the Eurovision music and you come to this song, well, the people that say that Eurovision has nothing to do with real music may have a point. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Blue Danube. I, <laughs> I do, I do love that joke, by the way. Um, um, it's it's not very good, is it? I mean, it's 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 endearing, but it's I don't find it a very auspicious start to the contest. Sadly. <laughs> um, yeah, it, as as Anne said, it's a very crude way of getting around the language rule by listing a all the famous composers, Dubis Mozart, Dubis Bach, Dubis Brahms and Liszt. But um, it's... I, ca- I... I... I can't even. I, I just... One of the ladies has very strange staring eyes as well, and it kind of... Okay, so um, uh, shall we move on to the scores or have we got anything else to discuss about this one? 
I'll nah. take that as a no. Okay. 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 I'm going to give this a four. What about you, John? <laughs> What's so funny? I'm sorry. No, no, no. Honestly, it's fine. Um, it's it's only a two, I'm afraid. Uh, and I'm stuck in the middle. I'm a three. Okay, and the public uh, also agree with Van. It's a three out of five. Yeah. And uh, just as Wait, a wa- just as a warning, guys, uh, the public schools for this um, 1980 review they don't deviate very much. So. Oh. <laughs> Just to warn you. (laughs) Okay, so uh, next up... Turkey. La Turquie. This is Ida Pekan with Petrol, which, um, yeah, obviously means petrol. So um, in 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 uh, researching vaguely um, this uh, Eurovision Song Contest, I, I decided to have a look at um, some of the the national finals or, or vague kind oh, of wow. semblances, and um, they basically had um, Turkey UM Core, um, <laughs> which was the Pepsi songs, which were then just by an expert jury. Um, wow. and I, when you look at the other two songs, you realise there's one more. And the, no. the other, they weren't bad, but they were just kind of Nick Disco. But like, obviously, petrol is a bit more kind of Turkish than disco. The other two were more disco than Turkish. So <laughs> I can understand why this. A bit like Kylie with the last one, this one I have a real soft spot for. I don't know why, I find this utterly intriguing. Mm. Um, and I, I just, I like the backing dancers. I like, I like Isla's kind of far off, flicky hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ju- I, there's just something about it. And she's still going! <laughs> Wow. The woman is still going, and she's, like, older than Madonna. Whoa. So they should have racked off Madonna for the, <laughs> for the, the terrible show. They could have got Ida in to do yeah. a petrol. Yes. <laughs> would have been much better. But, I mean, it's not brilliant, but I, I just think this has got something about it that's just very intriguing. Um, and I kind of, I kind of wish... They did kind of more like this because the rest of their eighties was pants, frankly. <laughs> um, you know, they went for this to Iki Daki car in eleven years. Come on! Oh, I love that one. Really? <laughs> oh man! Come on! They could have, you know, they, they, they've missed out on doing stuff like this. They could, if they'd have done more like this in the eighties, they they might might have further than vaguely at the bottom. Do 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 do. Opera. 
Yeah, so I, I do like this one. Okay, what about you, John? I like this one a lot as well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, just on the um, topic of um, Ida Pekan still going strong these days, she seems to get younger yes. as time goes on. Oh, really? She's either got, she's either got very good genetics <laughs> or a very good surgeon. <laughs> she's, the, she's the Sharon Osbourne of Eurovision. <laughs> yes. I, I, whoever, whoever her surgeon is, I would, I would like to um, have their number when I reach her age. Um, yeah. Back in the back in the early eighties, they Europe didn't really know what to do with, with Turkey. They, they really didn't want what Turkey was selling, and um, this was the first time that they really went properly ethnic and. Mm. I'm so I'm so it's, it's quite sick, I think. Um, it's also the first ever Turkish entry to score more than three points, <laughs> which, is, which, which is an which is an achievement in itself. Um, why they chose to sing about petrol, I'm not sure. I don't know if there was an oil crisis back then or something. Um, but yes, I if. No, if when Turkey return, which they will, I'm speaking that into existence. Um, I hope, I hope for more, I hope for more real Turkish ethnic music like this. Yes, yes. Yeah, I quite like this one as well. I mean, <coughs> sorry. Um, as you say, John, like the 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 fact that this is a song about petrol and how much they need petrol is really bizarre yeah. but but the tune is good it's got got that nice kind of local vibe to it and you know it's you know it's um like i'm not wouldn't say i'm completely crazy over it but you know for turkey in the early 80s and as we say the the 80s were not particularly kind to them in terms of musical quality in mm. Eurovision, but but I'll I'll definitely take it. This is some, um, yeah, I've yeah, like like if this was um put out in Eurovision in the 90s, the, the, this probably would be quite fondly remembered, I think, and there wouldn't be too out of place from their 90s output. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, anything else on Turkey before we give it a score? I, su I suppose. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> but but petrol goes in car. <laughs> I was just thinking if they if they re-released this they'd have to make it into like solar power or something or electric engine. Like it's Tesla. not quite as catchy, yes. is it? <laughs> Or the, uh, like, if Greta Thunberg was to do a, a cover version of it, <laughs> get, you know. Get, right, here's an idea for you. Get, get Sirhat to go back to that solar power plant <laughs> in a disco <laughs> remix. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. 
Oh. <laughs> oh boy. Okay, I think we need to settle down and give this a score. Let's move on. Okay. Scores. Okay, I'm gonna give this a three. Um, I'm tempted to give this a full five, actually. <gasps> so, are you giving it a five? Bloody juries. <laughs> Bloody jurors. I know. The, in fact, the only people that really gave this any points was a 12 for Morocco, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. What <Not>. a surprise. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, next up. Greece. La Grèce. This is Anna VC and the Epicuri with Autostop, which means hitchhiking. I get the feeling that of all of Anna Vissi's three Eurovision songs, this is the one song that she probably wouldn't still sing on tour. Yeah. <laughs> And it's also my favourite of her three controversial Eurovision opinion. Ooh! <laughs> it's just so cute. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah, she she wasn't a big fan of this song. Um, but I am, luckily. <laughs> <laughs> and it's interesting um, seeking from uh, Petril into Hitchhiking. <laughs> That's the kind of running order that Beardman um, gets wet dreams about. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, good on good on Greece. They had some really cute songs in their early days, and this was one of them. Uh, and what about you? Um, I mean, I. I... Anna Vissi did do three Eurovision songs. This is probably my middle out of the three. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, I, uh, I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't like it either. Mm. I think I think it's a bit it's a bit too gimmicky. I mean, the 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 um, the music video to this is the cheapest thing. I've ever seen. Ooh. It's got this primitive yeah. like, green screen technology, and you've got her and her three hangers on doing this kind of fake running on the spot whilst crude pictures of sphinxes and hanging gardens of Babylon and skyscrapers <laughs> are put behind it. And the worst thing is she doesn't look like Anna Vissi. They put her in some awful kind of um, white suit, like white trouser suit, but the trousers like only come up to her knees. And it's, it's just dreadful. But she looks lovely. On I love her outfit on, on the actual Eurovision stage. I think she looks lovely. Yeah. Um, on the stage. Um, it's just a little bit too gimmicky. Mm for my liking uh, but i will say the best bit 
is definitely the bit where it speeds up at the end and they all go, hey, like, hoppa! <laughs> that's, that's the best bit where they all get in the line and do a bit of Greek dancing. Zorba dance. <laughs> yeah, that's the best See, bit. Yeah. Even when they're doing, like, show numbers, they have to get a bit of Greek flavour in yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much with you guys. I mean, this is um probably the lesser of the three entries, although I, I do greatly enjoy all three of her entries for various reasons. Like, one of them I, I, is legitimately a, a Eurovision song I like a good deal, and the other is kind of a mother song. <laughs> but this one is cute. Yes. This one's cute, I think. I mean, yeah, it's very gimmicky, and the word autostop pretty much makes up half of the lyrics, but it's cute. <laughs> and, you know, I just, you know, considering her other two Eurovision entries, which are a lot more serious, it's weird seeing Anna VC do this kind of cutesy, gimmicky song like this. It's kind of weird. It's it's um she is the early Eurovision equivalent of Valentina Moneta. <laughs> in that her in that her first Eurovision song well mm. you, you know what her first Eurovision song was. Oh god <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the I'm looking at the lyrics of uh Autostop and it's it's another list of place names. Yes. It's really weird. Stockholm, Cairo, Madrid, Rome, Berlin. I, I don't know why they do it every year. And it's weird how Anna thinks that she can hitchhike from Vladivostok all the way to Paris. That would take weeks! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's got time for that. <laughs> She's got too much time on her hands, really. She needs a proper job. <laughs> oh boy okay anything else on this one before we give it a score nah nah okay I'm gonna give this a free um a four uh, I'm only gonna give it a two and the public gives another free <laughs> Luxembourg. Le Luxembourg. This is Sophie and Magali with Papa Penguin, which means Papa Penguin. Sorry, I had to squeeze in that joke in there somewhere. Well done. Okay, who wants to start? I'll start. Okay. <laughs> I'll have a go. Um, so, um, once again, I'm going to start by, because um, obviously they, they didn't have a, I don't believe there was a national final um, 
for this, but I, I had to look at the um, the accompanying music video, which again oh. is one of the cheapest things going. Oh wow! And basically, the basically the first half of the video is them getting off a plane at a a um, airport in Luxembourg, which is about as exciting as you can get. It's got nothing to do with penguins. <laughs> oh, well, it's got something to do with Luxembourg. <laughs> but then you probably wouldn't know it was Luxembourg if it didn't have, like, Luxembourg Airport <laughs> in big banner writing at the top. It could be absolutely anywhere. Maybe and this then is where the Malta got their... their um... All their yes! ideas from like mini countries. That's what. You, what should we do? Get them at an airport. <laughs> and then they get off the plane, and then they meet the rest of the gang, and <laughs> Ralph Siegel going through the video production, which sounds exciting. But when you realise this is 1980, and it's all like bits of tape being like cut up and scraggy screens like massive kind of CRT kind of screens it's really not very exciting <laughs> but, but the one thing I did I did not know about this until I researched this the other day is the bloke who's the penguin is Jean-Paul Cara who who co-wrote L'Oiseau et l'Enfant. What? Bloody yeah. hell. And he co-wrote um, Un Deux Trois for Catherine uh, oh uh, Ferry. And Hum and a Hum. He co-wrote those. And there he is, dressed as a penguin. That <laughs> <laughs> was my mind. Well, he's, well, he's got it's, nerves. It, it, <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of... Oh, it's just, I mean, it, I mean, in, in terms of the song, this is an absolute Eurovision classic, yes. whether it's good or bad. It doesn't matter. It is a classic and it will outlive, it outlive all of us because some crazy cartoon character will do a cover version of it <laughs> sometime in the future. And then again, and then again, and then again. Um, but I mean, I think we all know that they did have a bit of a torrid time of it. And um, afterwards as well. Oh, really? Which is kind of, yeah. They, I think they, they were basically dropped like a sack of spuds. Oh. And considering we've had all this stuff with Josh Debovi yeah. talking about his time, it's quite relevant. And then um, oh. I think what one of them, one of them died of AIDS-related illnesses. Oh no! It's quite sad. Mm. Um. So I mean, it's it's yeah, it's it's kind of like a happy song, but it's got like lots of twinges of kind of sadness. And I hope that we've learnt from some of the lessons that unfortunately these girls and other people have had to go through. Yeah, mm. it's unfortunate. Yeah, the, yeah, just to go on a very quick digression, there's been a lot of uh, discussion amongst my Eurovision friend circles about um, the welfare of artists in Eurovision and how we should probably consider taking better care of our artists, especially the younger ones. And yeah, it's mm. quite sad. 
<sighs> and um, it's, it's, you mentioned uh, cartoon characters. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that this song was actually used as the French, uh, the theme tune to the French version of Pingu. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> that wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> yeah, don't quote me on that one. I, I I haven't got enough time to look up on Wikipedia, but that's what I heard at least. <laughs> <laughs> and it would make a whole lot of sense because this does very much feel like a kid song. And you yeah. don't get many pure kid songs in Eurovision, which is quite a nice novelty. And um, mm. yeah, I can't really say much else really because you know everyone knows this entry it's legendary and yeah it's just it's just so cutesy and so just so catchy and endearing and yeah (laughs) that's pretty much all i can say yeah i can't really add much to that apart from the fact that it yes it's it's a classic song particularly in the uh, francophone world. Um, I'm very surprised, though. Now you mentioned the video. Um, I've got to check out these music videos, by the way. Um, with all the with all the money that um, Ralph Siegel made from Genghis Khan before, I'm surprised <laughs> he, he couldn't afford a bit a, a more expensive video. <laughs> but, um, I know, I know. Yeah, that's that's a that's a <laughs> that's a conversation for another time. Um, yeah, another strange topic of song to sing in Eurovision 1980. <laughs> There's a lot of repetition in these four songs, isn't it? Yeah. Music, petrol, place names, penguins. <laughs> Eurovision uh... bingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so shall we get on with the scores then? <clears throat> Yeah. Okay. Um. Why not? It's a classic. I'm going to give it a five. <laughs> <laughs> um. I was going to give it a three, and then I heard the little preview and couldn't help but hum along in my head. So it's got to be a four. Yeah. You can't. You can't hear that and not do like the little shuffly dance routine. <laughs> yes. Can you? You've got to do it. It's a four. And the public. Also give it a four. Yay! Yay! <laughs> okay, so uh, next up we've got the first and to date only entry from... Morocco. Le Maroc. This is Samira with... Um, I sincerely apologise for this um, <laughs> attempt at uh, Arabic here. Bitter Gat Khub. Um... I'm sorry if I butchered that, but anyway, it means love card. This is the only time that we will ever get to talk about Morocco on this podcast. Yeah. So, so let's make it a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Well, what can you say? Um, how <laughs> Morocco comes to the Eurovision, we don't know. No. And how they disappeared as quickly as they arrived, we also don't know. <laughs> Apparently, once they once they came in and um, subsequently flopped in, in the results, um, the king of Morocco decreed the actual king of Morocco what alleg allegedly decreed we will never take part in this contest again. <sighs> oh, and, 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 and so it came to pass. Wow. <laughs> oh dear. Um, it's also funny how they take part in the one year that Israel doesn't take part. And as soon as Israel comes back, Morocco goes away again. Yeah, just a quick mm. interjection. You, you frequently get a lot of fans saying, oh, if um, Israel pulled out, you get a whole lot of these Arab countries coming into Eurovision, which, you know, I don't know if that's necessarily true. Mm. Yeah, it, was, it was 40 years ago. I think that <clears throat> ship has sailed. But yeah. you, ne you never know. We never thought if he would come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As for the song, it's Morocco's best Eurovision song ever. It will always top uh, the fan poll of best Moroccan entry. Um <laughs> I, I genuinely think um, that even if um, Morocco did continue, um, this would be remembered as one of their um, greatest songs. Um, Samira went on to become a massive star mm. in the Arab world. Um, and I don't, I don't know, maybe she's left the world of Peter uh, Katrod behind her. Um, but I love I love the way that this song combines um, Arabic languages with a kind of ethno disco flavour, mm. um, and I think it's an absolute classic. And I don't know if it's my favourite. It's one of my favourites of this year, in fact. And what about you, Anne? Oh, yeah, it is a very unusual song. Um, I mean, the way that it kind of starts, it kind of feels like it's a kind of going to turn into some kind of nationalistic military kind of chanting song with a kind of like -da 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 -da, um, at the beginning. And then it kind of softens up. And obviously the way that um, Arabic is spoken and the kind of cultural Arabic way of singing... It, it, the way that she kind of ends the phrases is very unusual and she kind of does like little trills and kind of rolls and it is really interesting to kind of listen to. The, the, the one big downside to this song is that it is a two-minute song with a minute of la-la-las at the end of it. <laughs> Um, it's like, could you could you not have just repeated a bit or something? She like she does some la la la's with it. Oh, she's going to go back to the chorus and it. No, <laughs> la 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 la. Um, it's, 
I think that's uh, a bit it's, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think, oh, you no, know, it just would have been nice if it had ended a different way, except for Lars. But or it maybe is... it was a pastiche La 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 by Spain. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, but, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it is quite interesting. It would have been nice to see where they might have gone hmm. from that starting point. But I do guess we'll we'll never know unless there's a kind of, I don't know, Arab vision. <laughs> oh. Don't want to get the EBU started on another project but you know start. maybe that's a way <laughs> yeah in other news we'll be covering Eurovision Asia later this year oh wait we don't know oh, if no. it's happening <laughs> yeah. But, 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 yeah, um, wait for that pig to fly we, w- we won't be covering Eurovision Asia this year or next year because it's not yeah, going is that to like the ne- next is that like the next Turk vision? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> or the next Eurovision dance contest? <laughs> uh, just, to, just to put it out there that if this Eurovision Asia thing does happen, we will cover it because, you know, I am from yeah. New Zealand and we will probably be part of it. So I'm kind of obligated. So just to warn you, <laughs> even though it's most likely not going to happen. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, yeah. It's I've... never going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah. Um, <clears throat> um yeah, yeah, I think this is quite a nice song. It's obviously a, a very big novelty in Eurovision because, of course, it's the only Moroccan entry. And, um, yeah, obviously it brings a very Arabic sensibility in terms of um, its music style, uh, even though it's, as you say, it's got a little bit of a tinge of a disco in it. Um, the The... And you mentioned how um and the um, ha- the the kind of like um uniqueness that uh, the mu- the Arabic sort of music style ca- it has in it. I-, I think that's part of why it did so badly because mm. uh, especially in that time, um, the majority of Europe was not used to this kind of music. I mean, obviously now. Um, a lot of the francophone countries are a bit more used to it because yeah. of a, a lot of um, influence from the uh, immigrants and stuff like that. And that's um, uh, it's, you know, produced some very interesting music in the francophone countries and stuff like that. But back in 1980, Europe was just not used to this at all. Mm. And coupled with the fact that Arabic it has quite a lot of harsh sounding sounds in the language just a bit too inaccessible mm. yeah so it, <clears throat> excuse me and um well i do quite enjoy it um i don't i don't find myself being completely crazy over it like a lot of f- fans are because i i find like there's not really like a memorable hook in it to um kind of latch myself mm. onto kind of thing it just kind of comes and goes for me if that makes any sense yeah yeah but still, except the la la la's yeah <laughs> but, but still I, i'm kind it of has a, it has 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but but still, I'm I'm kind of glad that it exists in uh, Eurovision history. I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just just he- just hearing you talk about um the the kind of Arabic kind of cultural way of singing, I then started thinking. We 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 had this in 1980, and then France nearly won in 91. Yeah, with quite an Arabic. So actually, yeah. in 11 years, kind of Eurovision had actually come on. Yeah, to it, and if they'd, you know, it's almost like if they'd have waited 10 years and come in in 90 or 91, they might have got somewhere a bit better. Yeah. Oh. Juries. Jerry. <laughs> but it does have a big finish as well, which I I very much Yes. Like. Yeah, I think so. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um my vo- my throat's getting quite dry. Um okay, so um anything else before we give Morocco a score? No. No, okay. I'm gonna give this a free Gotta be a five. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> wow! It, it, it's uh, the only points I will ever give to Morocco. So I'm this give them a is five. very true. This is very true. Um, I'm going to give it a three. And the public also give it a three. I was expecting a little bit, bit higher, but um, oh well. Okay, so um, next up, Italy. L'Italie. This is Alan Sorrenti with Non So Che Dare, which means I don't know what to give. about this is that there, there are there are a number of kind of stumbling blocks I have even before I even get to the song is number one is an Italian bloke called Alan <laughs> <laughs> which just makes me want to go Alan 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 and and then you've got him in that kind of suit and that and that moustache. <laughs> he looks like he's a scouser waiting for the DHSS to open. But so anyway, getting on to the song. Um, he was huge, by the way. Oh, really? He was mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. huge. Um, and this song did real business throughout, especially like um, kind of uh, Germany and Italy and the Italians. It was really big. Oh, it was wow. one of the biggest selling songs outside like the big winners. Um, so he did good business out of this song. Um, the thing is, I I like I like the verses. I, quite, I, quite, I actually I don't quite, I really like the verses. I don't like the chorus. Mm-hmm. I just think they're just they don't work maybe together 
I don't know whether his falsetto is just a bit too much. There's just something about those two things that just jar. And I don't, and also it does sound a bit off in the live version. Mm. Um, but because it, 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 it is quite hard to sing for that amount of time um, live in, in that falsetto. Um, so it's, it's not a bad song. Again, it's not a bad song, but it's not a great song. Um, but I do like the verses much more than the chorus. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you, Anne. I don't really have much to add, but yeah, it's, it's the chorus that really grates on me. Like, it sounds like a really off-key BG to me. And <laughs> oh. <laughs> um... <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, I, and before you mentioned like how big he was and how successful this song was in the charts, like I was like, how on earth did this song finish six? And now it's kind of making sense to me. Like maybe like the, the general public saw a lot more in the song than I do. I've I, I haven't heard the studio version. Maybe it sounds a lot better. But yeah, it's oh my god, that chorus. Oh please no, that's like. It's like audio <laughs> torture. <laughs> what about you, John? You know he's Welsh, right? What? <laughs> <laughs> well, his mother was Welsh, <laughs> and he and he grew up in hence the Alan, and he grew up in Aberystwyth. And you can probably tell he's at least half British because at the end he goes, "Thank you." Yeah. <laughs> yes. Thank you, vote for the music. <laughs> yeah, that really did catch me off guard when I rewatched it. Oh my god. Oh dear. Yeah, but I hadn't. I had also had no idea how big he was until I looked up the song we're talking about today. And yeah, he had the biggest selling single in Italy the year before he did Eurovision. Oh, wow. That's, which is another example of how Italy is not afraid to send stars to Eurovision. Yeah. All the way from the beginning. Yeah. And, which, I, which I applaud Italy for, I really do. Um, yeah, falsetto is always very difficult to pull off live at Eurovision. Mm. And I think it's... Um, I quite like this song, though. Um, it was you, you mentioned it was a big hit in Europe. It was top, it went top five in both Norway and Sweden. Wow! Enough, and, um, oh. Like weeks after Eurovision, um, in its in its original Italian version. So I had no idea it was such a big hit either. Mm. <laughs> there you go. And there's there's um. There's a there's a version um, there's a few different language versions of this song as well. There's a German version by uh, Hoffmann and Hoffmann from Europe. Oh my god! <laughs> there is um, a Swedish version, I think, somewhere out there. And there's a version um, featuring Alan Sorrenti by the Olsen Brothers. Whoa! Oh my word! Yeah, and I, I've, I've got to check this out. It's on a, it's on an album Olsen Brothers you recently did called Wings of Eurovision. <laughs> I wonder how they got that title. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. It's basically Olsen Brothers do Eurovision songs. 
<laughs> Is that barrel scraping I'm hearing? <laughs> oh my god. Crumbs. Oh <sighs> okay, anything else before we give this a score? <clears throat> nah. Okay, I'm going <laughs> to give this a two. Oh no. Um, uh, a generous four. Um, I'm giving it a two as well. I'd I'd give the, the I'd give the verses a, a four, but the chorus is a, a big fat no, so it's a two. And the public are going straight down the middle. It's a three out of five from them. <laughs> okay, so uh, three songs left to go in this first half. So let's get cracking. So next up, Denmark. La Denmark. This is Bems's Venner with Tenka Elti Day, which means always thinking of you. popular opinion but I've got a massive soft spot for this song I just think it's so cute and so wholesome and I, I love the fact that the name of the band means teddy bears friends that's probably, probably the cutest band name ever and um I just I, I wonder if it's an unpopular opinion because, you know, at least in, in the last decade or so, like, a common in-joke amongst Eurovision fans is that, oh, Denmark, they always send safe songs that, you know, and everyone hates them for it. And I'm thinking that, like, this is probably, like, the 1980 version of the safe Danish radio song. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, oh. I I think it's just uh, such a cute song about friendship. And, yeah, <laughs> let's see how um outside of the um line I am, so to speak. Um, What about you, John? What do you think of this? Um, <laughs> you're not that far. You're not that far off the line, actually, because um, over time I've grown to really like this. <laughs> <laughs> For the same reasons as you, it's 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 very. I don't know if you can say cute, but it's sweet. Yeah. And you sit there, you sit there, bobbing your head along, and you don't know what he's singing about. But um, it seems it seems very friendly, and obviously they're called friends, aren't they? So um, the outfit is a choice, <laughs> but um, I can I can look past that. Um, the thing I'm dying to know, though, is um, Anne. Yes. Um, your relationship with Denmark at Eurovision is very up and down. It's frayed. So it's definitely it's frayed. Yes. So I'm dying to know is this on your Danish hit list or shit list? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'll, I'll 
Shall I do the bad news first? Yeah, go on. Hit oh, us. Yeah. So the bad news is this is the crappiest version of Where's Wally I've ever seen. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> yeah. um, but the good news is, is I completely agree with you. Yay! I, I really like this song. Coming from the Italian one, which had kind of two, a differing verse and chorus that didn't work together. This is a differing verse and chorus which really work together. I love the way the music moves into the kind of double tempo really smoothly and and without much effort and then goes out again. I think that's really well and really gently done. Um, and I think I think he's he's actually got a really nice voice. It's kind of got that raspiness but doesn't go too far into being like kind of like a rock singer. Mm. He's got it's a really nice kind of tone to his voice and um yeah i do think it and it does look a bit like a teddy bear <laughs> it does like i want like a a kind of a little a, a little kind of builder bear <laughs> like made of a band so i can kind of i think i can actually be the teddy bear's friend <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so th- this I do, I do, re- I do. It is very charming, is what oh. this is. It's charming, and it, and it, yeah, it is kind of inoffensive and it is quite safe, but in it does it very well. Yeah, which is you know it does it with a lot of conviction and a lot of thought, so they get away with it. Yeah. So this is a good one. <laughs> Nice to hear. Okay, so uh, anything else before we give it a score? Well, just just to go off on a little, t- tiny little tangent. Um, I've um, just started um, Danish on Duolingo. Ooh! And um, we've joked often on this podcast about the Danish language, but um, I'm hoping um, that I can. I don't know if I'll ever be able to speak Danish, but I'm hoping that I can get to the stage where I can actually understand what they're saying. <laughs> I mean, because like, um, as someone who is pretty good with Norwegian, I can read Danish quite okay, but I cannot understand the accent. Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna. I think. I think I'm gonna need a lot of listening practice. Yeah. Same. And a lot mm. of subtitles. <laughs> uh, but I actually think it's a lovely language. Just very um, potatoey. Yeah. The thing that puts me off about Danish is all of the all of the apostrophes. <laughs> yes. Like I think of like some of the the, the, the Hot Eyes song in 1988 where yeah. she was like 20 months pregnant. That song's got too many apostrophes in it. Yeah. And I'm like, I give up. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Something like yeah. Norm- Norman Collier. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, okay, so let's give Denmark a score. <laughs> I'm gonna give this a five. Oh wow. Um I can't stretch to a five, but it's a very it's a very high four. Yeah, and it's a four from me as well. Okay, and the public 
do not agree. It's only a two out of five from them. <laughs> what? Damn juries, get your ears sorted out. <laughs> Who voted on this? Oh, there's me defending the Danish entry. <laughs> Come is, that on. The low, is that the lowest score so far? Yeah, it is, yeah. A bloody dare they. <laughs> Two songs left to go, so next up... Sweden. La Suède. This is Thomas Leiden with Just Nu, which means right now. Just Nu! I like I like the language in this song. I, I think I like the lyrics. Um, Swedish sounds very good here. Uh, like luften i mina lungor, like feel, feeling the air. In, he wants to feel the air in his lungs. Um, as for the song, I can't really bother with it. I'm sorry. Oh wow. Um, yeah, I I feel like I it, I should like it. Like it was a number one hit in Sweden, and Thomas Lidin is. Um, a legend in Swedish music, um, but it's a bit too brash for me, really. Um, almost, almost punkish and not much melody. I'm, you know, I'm just an fuddy-duddy like that. Sorry. <laughs> well, I quite like this one. It's got a nice bounce to it. It's quite a nice uh, pop rock song, uh, kind of that era. And I kind of enjoy how he, he he would randomly flick his legs out like they would completely disembodied from the rest of his body. <laughs> but um, yeah, I quite enjoy this. I, I, it's weird because I, I don't really have much to say about it. It's just something that I quite enjoy. And um, yeah, it's got a good message as well. It's just sort of like, I'm going to live my life kind of thing. And um, yeah, I, I, I quite like this. What about you, Anne? Oh, this is one of my favourites from this year. I absolutely love this song. I've actually got, I've had it for ages. I've got a, it's, I think it must be almost four and a half minute long version of this. Ooh. And I, I used to love it because I used to be able to, I say I used to be able to, I probably could if I bothered to, move me ass but I could actually run like this would be like the same pace as my running canter or whatever you know what I mean yeah kind of my, yeah and so I used to love running to this song so me and my me and me and the song have got kind of a good relationship because I used to listen to this a lot um again I watched this at um Melody Festival I found ah. Uh, and well, I, I have to say it's quite funny because um, he was wearing the same outfit, doing the same choreography, do the same kind of arrangement as the band. It's like nothing changes. <laughs> so we're doing the same shit from Melody Festival and barely change it and just plunk it on the stage. <laughs> There's um, nothing new. 
It's nice to know that nothing changes. Nothing changes. The only thing that does change is that the ending of the song in Melody Festival is quite sinister. He kind of lunges over and goes, Yes, no! (laughs) 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 It's like, oh, God, it's like, oh, really creepy. So the, the ending at Eurovision is much better. Um, but I quite like the punkiness. I mean, if this, this is possibly one of the more punky entries full stop. Mm. Eurovision like Nukupomin and that kind of thing. So I quite like the fact that, you know, Sweden sent something quite as, almost in inverted commas, alternative yeah. as this. And um, yeah, I, I I really really like the song. There was no way there was no way it was ever going to do business at Eurovision. Yeah, oh funny daddy juries again. <laughs> yeah, did it all right. What what tenth was it? Something like that. Uh, let me quickly look. Uh, yeah, it was tenth. Awkward I silence really, I feel, there. I, yeah, I feel really bad now. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you what else he also did in Melody Festival, and was it, which is he also like walked down the stairs as the song was started, and then just grabbed the mic and started singing, which he does on the stage at Eurovision as well. <laughs> and wanders on and then just kind of brushly picks up the like he's Freddie Mercury or something. <laughs> um, yeah, he it's like entrance. yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, anything else on Sweden before we give it a score? Nah. Nah, okay. Nah. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to give this a four. It's only a two. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm giving it a five. And the public, going straight down the middle, it's a three out of five. Surprise! Yeah, I warned you that these schools, public schools, are not going to deviate very much. Okay, so well, let's go on to the last song of this first half, which is Switzerland, La Suisse. This is Paula with Cinema. Cinema, cinema. Okay, who wants to start? Anyone? What's what's so funny? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just meeting what I've written about this. <laughs> oh, I'm, I, I want to. Why don't you go first? I want to hear this. Oh no, I just, I just think she looks just like you know your your kind of stereotypical kind of cabaret performer yeah kind of like she's just stepped off a boat (laughs) (laughs) in a like jazzy top and sparkly trousers and a big hair (laughs) it's just uh and 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 again it's another one with repetition yeah 
Cinema, cinema. cinema. <laughs> also, also, um, what really confuses me about this song is that the version I've got on MP3 at home mm. is in German. Oh, really? And ah, yeah. So, actually, hearing this in French is really weird, <laughs> and it's also really sharp. It's like, oh, I'm Swiss. I can do it in every single language. <laughs> 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 Show offs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she did um, Bonjour, Bonjour kind of many years ago, which was, was a French title, but was in German. Um, so I don't know whether she, like, did every, you know, being Swiss, whether she just did everything in every language and then picked one at random. <laughs> um <laughs> Um, hmm. I, 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 again, a bit like what I said about some others. It, it's a nice song, but I just find it a bit gimmicky. Even mm. though it's not gimmicky, that's really weird. Kind of, it hasn't got a gimmick, but it feels quite gimmicky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I definitely don't have much to add from what you said, Anne. Um, uh, we'll probably discuss this further when we get to Germany's entry, but um, yeah, yeah it, it seems like those two songs were very much written in the same writing session. <laughs> <laughs> and they just somehow magically ended up competing in the same Eurovision contest together. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, it's a small world. Yeah. Uh, John, what about you? I sometimes wish I wish I was Swiss. Then, 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 I, then I would have been born multilingual too. Yeah. Um, I have very little to say about the song, um, apart from the fact that I've just um, discovered it was written by Peter Reber of Peter Sue and yes. Mark fame. Oh wow! Yeah, and it's another one of his creations. Um, yeah, but I have very little to say to say about the song, other than the fact that. Um, what I best remember uh, the singer Paola for nowadays is um, um, when she fell off um, a giant banana. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, okay. Google or YouTube. Oh, no. Paola, Blue Bayou und die Banana. <laughs> um, I'll definitely have a look at that. <laughs> You've probably seen it without realising it was her. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. <laughs> it can't be more weird than that video of Dan International riding a giant banana. <laughs> oh. No, she wasn't she wasn't riding it. <laughs> Sorry, I've just seen it. <laughs> oh dear. That's so unintentionally funny. Hang on, let me just quickly um Yeah, it's such grace and she gets yeah. up again what a trooper yeah. for those for those of you who don't know it's it's a classic blooper moment <laughs> that you have to see oh <laughs> hang on what was the name of the song again oh blue bayou and the um banana, banana. Hang on. let me yes. let me just put this on mute a second cuz okay Looks like it's from the nineties or early two yes. thousands. It's quite recent. Oh! <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate. Oh man! 
again. She she got knocked down, but she got up again. <laughs> You're never gonna keep her down. Never keep her down. <laughs> oh. oh, that looks like such a slippery chair, though. To be fair, oh, that's yeah. so unfortunate. Oh, oh, I love this podcast. Sometimes, sorry, I d- don't want to like blow yeah. my own trumpet, but you know, some of these conversations we have on this podcast leads to some amazing discoveries like this. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay, um anything else on this before we give it a score? <sighs> no. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um I'm gonna give this a free three trois dry <laughs> Um Two And the public <laughs> give it a three out of five. Okay, so <laughs> Okay, so that's it for part one of our 1980 review. So in a few days' time, we'll be back with part two. So we'll be um, uh, picking it where we left off, which is um, Finland onwards. And um, yeah, there's quite a few big hitters in the second half, which will be Mm. very interesting to discuss, and I'm looking forward to that. Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay, so um, okay, so that, we'll leave it at there. We'll see you in a few days' time, and until next time, goodbye. Bye. Bye.